Okay, hi, hi. Okay, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Gen Z Voice, and I'm so excited. Today, my guest is Madison. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Madison is a relational organizer for Progressive Turnout Project. So I just want to first start with, like, what is your day um, in a life, you know, as an organizer? Oh, that's a good and hectic question. Um, I typically get up and I work with about 20 to 25 other people here in Tucson, and we hop on a Zoom um, and we'll kind of just go over our goals for the day. You know, how many people do we want to talk to that day? Uh, Things like that. And just talk about maybe the day before, stuff like that. And that lasts typically for about an hour. Um, And then I jump to writing letters. um, And I write letters to Democrats who maybe have a landline or don't have a phone at all. So typically, you know, older people that maybe need more information about voting or how to get their ballot and things. Um, So I'll typically write 15, 20 letters a day. Um, And I also write about 40 little postcards just um, after I get off the phone with phone banking people, I just like to send them little postcards to kind of thank them for their time, you know, talking to me about voting. Um, And then I'll typically take a lunch for about 30 minutes to an hour. Um, And by the way, through all of this, I'm working at home. um, So that's really nice and kind of a plus with COVID. It's been pretty awesome. Um, But yeah, after lunch, I will go hop on the phone and I actually go through like a through talk app where I am generated a bunch of phone numbers of people that I know are registered voters um, and then people that I know are registered inconsistent voters. So I just call them and have a pretty quick, uh, nice conversation with them asking if they have any questions about voting. Um, You know, I sign people up on there, get them on the early voting list, um, changing addresses, a bunch of stuff like that. Um, And then I also write them postcards, like I said, just for um, talking to me and just to kind of have something to send them in the mail to remind them that the election is coming up. Um, So I will do that for about four hours a day. And I typically will reach about 200 people. um, And yeah. Yeah, I think that's really um, awesome. And, you know, I think, I mean, we see the power of like Gen Z, but I think it's really trying to get, you know, the older generation to vote, you know, and turn up. Um, And um, what have you learned, you know, from doing that work? Um, What I've learned is you can't um, base like your relationships or I guess your impression on other people based on, you know, the way they look or the way that they sound and things like that. Um, Sometimes there is a glitch in the system and I'm calling someone who's like a Trump supporter, um, which is obviously shitty and I don't like uh, talking to them. But then I'll call someone who's a Democrat and I'm like, oh, this sounds like a Trump supporter. And they're like super Democratic. And I end up having like really good conversations with them. Um, So it's really just taught me that there's so many power and so much power in numbers and there's more Democrats um, and liberals across America than we probably think there are. Yeah, I think it's uh, really interesting. And, um, you know, how did you get involved with, you know, voting? Like, how did you become so passionate in all these issues? Um, Yeah, that's something people ask me pretty often. I definitely realized from a pretty young age back when like Sandy Hook happened I remember that really impacted me a lot 
Um, and I was really upset about that. And there was, you know, the nightclub, the Pulse nightclub, um, just different events happening that, of course, everyone around me was saddened by. But it kind of, you know, I could just easily tell that it was affecting me more than other people. And um, I knew there was something more you could do than just kind of bring awareness on social media. Um, there has to be, you know, more things you can do, which got me to like learning legislative laws and learning about gun control and learning about politics and, you know, learning about voting and your influence. Um, I right. think, yeah, I think growing up, you're under this impression that like the government is your boss and they tell you what to do and they mandate your life. And I really learned that, you know, in a true America, like a free nation, you, you, the government is supposed to respond to its people. Um, and as long as the people are, you know, co communicating with the government, then a lot of change can be made. So I just wanted to bring light on to that, um, which inspired me to get into relational organizing and maybe not so much specifically relational organizing, but just into the whole politics um, black hole. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting that, you know, I think gun rights is really important. Mm -hmm. um, and also, like, um, in, I think in Arizona, it's definitely important, you know. Definitely. I mean, at least some sensible gun legislation. Um, it shouldn't ever be like, I don't, in my opinion, no one needs to own an automatic weapon just walking on the street. Um, and if people would just stop being so violent about everything, we wouldn't need guns um, in the first place, just like a lot of international countries that are, you know, thriving when it comes to anti-violence because they don't have a crap ton of guns just laying around. Right. Um, and then so what other issues besides, you know, getting people to vote, um, you know, are you interested in? Um, so I am really interested in like right now, my main focus is definitely the presidential election because it's less than 50 days away. But I am actually moved here from Oregon um, here to Arizona because I'm really passionate about immigration. And um, I, it's just simply not fair that, you know, we can shed so much light on these things and learn so much about them and then be told that there's nothing you can do about it. I kind of just um, refuse to accept that, you know, I don't think any person just because they're trying to resituate themselves to have a better life and more opportunity for them and their family should be punished for that. And that just seems like common sense to me. Um, and when I, when I learned that it really wasn't, um, I wanted to move down here and kind of experience the culture of, you know, the Hispanic culture and just how hardworking these people are and, you know, just meet people and kind of see what they're going through and see if I could help them. Yeah, um, immigration is such a big issue, you know, and um, you like probably know about like the whole ICE situation, you know, uh, yeah, the, it's devastating. Yeah. That, Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's 100% corrupt. And I was reading about how the whistleblower that actually came out with that is now being targeted, which I think is terrible. I think she's a hero. Um, and it really more than anything just makes me disappointed that that's even a conversation um, that has to be had. Uh, I just it's so inhumane. And it's literal ethnic cleansing. And it's just disgusting. Like, I know America isn't um, at a great place. But I thought we were at a way uh, more innovative place than that. So Right. And, and this leads me to another question, you know, um, 
you know, how is reproductive rights, you know, involved in politics? And I know you did some, you were part of the Fight for Her campaign. So how does that play out? Yeah, definitely. Um, So with Fight for Her and just, you know, learning about women's reproductive rights, I can't say that I um, have really gone through a ton that have like provoked me from being able to do what I want with my body. But I've met and heard, um, you know, through places like Fight for Her and just meeting people through my life that um, problems with women's health and reproductive rights and feeling like you have ownership of your own body is actually way more seldom than you think. And a lot of women, um, it's something they struggle with, you know, being embarrassed to go to the doctor or being scared to go to the doctor because you don't want to have a bill. Um, And of course, we all know that doctor equals expenses, you know, medical bills, which obviously ties into the economy, which is politics. Um, So it definitely does play a role in politics, especially when you're talking about things like access, you know, state funded health insurance. Um, The state thinks that, oh, well, I'm basically paying for your health insurance, even though it's taxpayers. Um, So you have to do what I say. And this is what you can do with this health insurance. And this is what you can't do. Um, And another huge way that women's reproductive health um, and just health in general plays a role in politics is the fact that the U.S. funds a lot of institutions that aren't even domestic, um, just international, you know, Planned Parenthood type of vibe places that have been shut down because of our current president. Um, and so it plays a, a ginormous role um, in the government, which is questionable and strange, um, but for some reason it does. Yeah, um, you know, that is another really important issue. Um, also, you know, um, I guess, you know, how do you keep yourself motivated, right? I mean, in this moment, and just generally because of COVID, you know, how are you coping? Yeah, definitely. Um, It's definitely a switch of everything within a matter of like weeks when everything had first started in March. Um, I would guess, or I would say my motivation isn't so much, you know, all of the great people who tell me that, you know, thank you for the work you do and stuff, because I do hear that often. I think it's more of the people who tell me that I'm wasting my time or that um, Trump is going to get reelected and this, that, and the third. It motivates me so much because I truly know that I've spoken to so many people that think the same as me. And, you know, we are going to make a difference. And that's, it, it just motivates me knowing that some people are so naive to think that just because people are young or just because this or that, um, no change is going to be made when clearly it is you know mm-hmm. so that's good that you know fu- it, like fuels your fire uh, yeah in a way um and I think you know you know I mean I feel like now everyone has you know their own opinions right it's a really you know uh it's a really divisive right the country yeah. and you know um you know everyone has their own thoughts but if you could tell if the government, you know, should be listening to its people, obviously, but if you could say something to them, what would you say? Um, I would just say you need to listen to the people that give you a job. Um, And it like things like my main thing is the electoral college, because simply, if we did not have the electoral college, Donald Trump would have never been president in the first place. Um, So what I mean by listen to your people is, 
he didn't win by popular vote um, and listen to what people are saying. If a majority of people are saying, no, we don't want this guy, um, listen to them. And yeah, I think politics has gone in such a dark, dark, deep hole of, you know, elitism and personal gain and money and, you know, dirty money and just like really gross things. And yeah, I would just say that we need to get back to what we were built on as a country, as a foundation, you know. Yeah, that's really true, like values. Um, also, um, you know, um, you know, like social media is a really big platform, right? And, you know, how do you navigate, you know, social media? I mean, through your work and how do you think it helps, you know, with getting people to vote or what are your thoughts? Um, that's a really tough question, but a good question. Um, I, I think social media is tremendously important for, um, I mean, even for me, it's how I learned about things like Sandy Hook and how I learned about the Helms Amendment and, you know, everything like that. But at the same time, um, I've seen a lot more people kind of use the trends that are going on with like the policy agenda issues as kind of just trying to be trendy rather than like actually caring about the issue um like arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor of course um but at what point is everyone just posting that because that's what their friends are posting too you know what I mean right. so I think social media can have a great influence um and so much transparency but it can also be you know false news and kind of generate people's opinions, not based on research, but just based on, like I said, things that maybe aren't true. And I'm by no means saying that um, Breonna Taylor's uh, murderer shouldn't be arrested, but I'm just saying social media can be a great thing. And then it can also be something that people say, oh, well, if I post this story saying Black Lives Matter, for, for whatever reason, that's enough and I don't need to vote because I posted that, right? It's like what really matters at the end of the day is if you're you're sending in a ballot because that's ultimately what's going to change things. Right. Um, of course. Um, and, um, you know, like you also said, you don't know whether, you know, some people post because they want to, but others because of performative allyship, you know. Right. So um, I guess also, um, you know, uh, I guess what are some... Um, like, I think, I don't know, but what is your advice that you would give to people who are interested in doing this and don't really know where to start? Yeah, that's another question I get really often. And obviously, great advice is to keep spreading the word on social media. Um, I know what I just said is kind of like, stop posting on social media. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, don't let social media be like your your end game where it ends, you know, like, oh, I, I reposted this video. So a few more people are going to see it and be knowledgeable, but don't stop there, you know, and talk to your family that maybe doesn't have social media. Um, if your family or your friends or coworkers feel different than you, there's a way to have that conversation and kind of try and um, I don't want to say change their mindset, but change their mindset, you know, talk to people and figure out why they think the way that they do. Um, and when you're arguing with people, you know, Republicans, um, try mm -hmm. and argue logically instead of emotionally, um, because ultimately, just like a Republican can't change my mind about policies, um, I, it's really going to be hard for me to change a Republican's mind about what they think. Um, 
So just get out there and talk to people and have conversations that are hard to have um, and educate people respectfully because I've learned because I'm a very confrontational. um, If you come on to someone and you're aggressive and like shaming them and telling them why they're wrong, even if you're totally valid for doing all those things, they don't hear you because all they're thinking about is how you're disrespecting them, right? So just talk to people and kind of culture yourself if you can and just educate yourself. Um, Obviously, vote is going to be the most important thing that you can do. Um, Definitely recommend like mail-in voting if you can. Early voting would be amazing. Um, But yeah, just don't turn a blind eye. Have hard conversations and uh, educate yourself. Right. That's very true. And, you know, it must be really interesting getting, you know, to talk with different people, you know, each day and everyone has their own story, I guess. Yeah. And I've learned that a lot of it is really just like doesn't even need to be nitty gritty. It's just uh, how you were raised is like, yeah, this is why, you know, I think this way because this is what, you know, my parents always said or they were really traditional. And it's like, have you even, you know, questioned like talking to a Trump supporter? Have you even questioned why you think the way that you do? Um, and that could spark a conversation or even like, you know, an enlightenment, uh, for lack of a better word, to like have a real talk about it and uh, maybe change their mind. Yeah. And what have you, you know learned from, you know, moving from Oregon, you know, which is uh, considered to be a very like liberal state, you know, to um, in Arizona? Yeah, um, it's definitely a lot more, I would say, cultured down here in Arizona, uh, but not like you have different parts of Arizona. I feel like there's like the very elite, um, like Scottsdale, Phoenix area, where it's just like all uppity. It's very stressful for me to be up there just because it's not my people. And then if you kind of go down more south is where you see so much culture and just life and art and diversity and people, you know, with food carts and swap meets and amazing like Native American jewelry. And like, it's been such a transition um i've learned that tucson is a lot more democratic than a lot of arizona um, which i'm really thankful for but yeah it's definitely been a transition because when i lived in oregon you know democracy and things like that was all i knew because that's all i was around is people who hated donald trump and loved obama and um this that and the third but then you move here and you like i said you meet people and uh realize that not everyone is the same yeah I think you know that's really an interesting situation right you know when you're in your comfort zone and you're like yeah you know all these people are voting democratic you know and you're and then to move to a place where you have to you know talk and you know it's really interesting um and also um like who do you look up to it could be in your own life or a role model um someone I look up to would undoubtedly be um, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez just because she is an absolute queen and because of how young she is and because of how cultured she is um, and empathetic and understanding and vocal and transparent. Um, I just really respect her and I look up to her and I wish she was old enough to run for the president. but yeah, she, I just feel like the flame that she kind of has for all these prominent issues that are happening every single day, she's not the politician that's going to ignore it. She's the one that's going to bring light onto it. Um, yes. 
and mm-hmm. something I think that is so inspiring that she does is she always kind of reflects back to when she was living in New York and she was, you know, being a waitress and, you know, really working her ass off to get where she got. Whereas people like Trump and things, you know, they were born into success. Um, and that's just something that really inspires me about her and just, you know, the drive that she has. Yeah, I think, you know, she is an ex- exceptional role model. Um and, you know, what do you like to do for fun, you know? Um, let's see. For fun, I do like cooking. I'm not the best at cooking. I make, like, the same three things. I like to paint every once in a while. Um, I really do like writing, journaling, doing little, like, doodle things. I can't say that I'm, like, good at any sport or that I, like, go to the gym <laughs> often or anything like that. Um. But yeah, I kind of just hang out. I hang out with my kitten and my boyfriend and my friends and yeah. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, it's your 20s, right? Yeah, um, I listen to a lot of music and just hang out. Yeah, and what, um, do you have any good podcasts or TV shows or books that you've been, you know, into? Um, yes, always a strong advocate for American Horror Story if you like scary things like me. Um, every time that I'm like filling out my letters and things like that I always have like uh, one of those on in the background like an episode Um, I haven't really gotten into podcasts a bunch just because I like to like visually see um, like what they're talking about because I like to like listen to crime things so it's just hard yeah it's hard for me when I can't like see pictures so Um, but yeah I don't listen to like a bunch of podcasts or movies or really anything like that I'm kind of boring (laughs) <laughs> no you're not but yeah I think yeah I'm also you know um, please feel free to plug any um, social media or how can people get involved especially with um, your organization you know that you're working with or or um, writing letters yeah definitely um, so it's kind of hard if you're trying to write letters to people but I I think me and my colleagues have a lot of letters covered so I wouldn't worry too much about that it's more about um, making sure you yourself are registered to vote and any of the people you've ever seen, you know, even your mutuals or your best friends or anyone, um, anyone that you've ever seen even like or repost or mention something that's anti-Trump or, you know, pro-progressive, reach out to them and make sure they're registered to vote because you already have reason to believe that they want to vote. Maybe they just need the resources. Um, and it's super simple to register if anyone like still needs to. You can go to votingmatters.org. Um, you literally put in your name, your birthday, and your driver's license number. Um, you can sign up for early voting, keep track of your ballots. Literally, you can do anything on there. So just vote, vote, vote. It is so important. And we are less than, I think, 45 days away or maybe 50 days away. But we're getting really close to the election. So. Yes, for sure. Well, I just want to say thank you so much, Madison, you know, for coming on this podcast. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. Um, Have a good night. You too. All right.